Welcome to day two of Professor Bob and Professor Sherry's excellent vacation to Ireland, Northern England, and Scotland. Today, we're going to go to Newgrange, Noth, the High Cross Cemetery, and, of course, a nice abbey, the Malifort Abbey. Now, day two was one of the things that I was really looking forward to. Now, I'm very big on the Neolithic period. We really enjoyed seeing Stonehenge and being able to see New Grange, which actually is more than a thousand years older than Stonehenge, would be just a really wonderful sight. In January, when we made the reservation, it still wasn't possible to go inside the tomb. But a couple of weeks later, I received information from the tour people that they were now open to allow people in. And so they changed their whole structure. And this is a complete burial, Karen, covered over where you actually get to go inside of it. And they have built an entire complex of visitor center items with videos and all sorts of incredible systems to view this. Because they won't let you take pictures inside. You can take pictures anywhere else you want to. But they basically have recreated the interior in the visitor center for pictures, if that's what you wanted to do. Well, you know, you don't know what the weather's going to be like, but this was one of those perfect days. The weather was absolutely spectacular. So we're in a, a group of eight people. So we left the hotel, walked about four blocks to our meeting point, got in the, the van, and off we went. Had an excellent guide, guide driver, actually. So we get to the visitor center, and I knew that New Grange we were going to visit. I didn't know we were going to see the village of Noth, which is contemporary with New Grange, built by the same people, and they have smaller burials there. So when we start leaving the visitor center, we go to Noth first. So it has smaller size cairns that are completely covered over, and then it has one very large one. Now, the interesting thing about the Noth burial is that the alignment that's important to it is the solstice in between the longest day and the shortest day. And we just happened to be there the week of the solstice. So they were having lots of tourists there and they have one of the stones. And as the sun tracks across the sky during this week period, it hits the entrance into this particular cairn. But you cannot go in it. They do not allow people to go in it. They allow people to go on top of it. You can walk up and get a view of the whole terrain and even see New Grange from here. Now, in the early Christian time period, there was a little church on the top of it, and it became, eventually became a little bigger church in the Middle Ages. So there was something on top of it, but it was never dug into. So it was a really nice excavation, wonderful location. Now, there's a third site called Douth, but Douth is not visited because the, the idiots who did the initial investigation decided to use dynamite to blow it open. So there was no, no capability of recreating it. So then we get back in the van, go a little bit back to the visitor center, and then we walk to New Grange. And it is absolutely stunning. It is gigantic. And they take 20 people in at a time. Uh, you can go into the center core where the bodies were buried and you could, they show you that and in addition they also turn the lights out and simulate what happens in there on the longest day of the year and the shortest day of the year when the light comes in a special area and illuminates 
the main burial site. So it's very spectacular. And so we were able to go in there and view it. It's difficult. Obviously, I would have liked to have taken pictures, but I have pictures of the interior as a result of pictures that were in the, the visitor center and other places. So shot the whole thing, tons of pictures. I'm, Sherry and I are just elated to be able to do this. So we get back on the in the van, and we go to the Boyne Battlefield, which really doesn't have very much to see. It's just basically the open space. That's where we had lunch. Then after lunch, we headed to Malafort Abbey, which was built in 1157. And it was, it's, of course, it's a ruin, but it's really well constructed. And we've walked through it, took nice pictures of, of what was going on. And then while we were there, and this happens almost every time Sherry and I go on one of these trips to Europe, it looks like there's a wedding going on. There's a whole group comes in. They're all dressed. There's the bride. There's the groom. And they're coming in to take pictures inside of the abbey. So we take some pictures of them and then find out later on that this was a, a promotion for various religious sites in Europe for bridal moments so that you could kind of promote them as, as a good place to get married or a good place to have your reception or whatever else. So that was fun. And then we, the last thing we did is that we then went to a cemetery that has the most famous of the high crosses that Ireland is noted for. And these high crosses are actually, you know, in the Middle Ages, when we built, when we build the huge churches and you have all the stained glass and the stained glass has all these depictions of the New and Old Testament, which allows the priest to teach the lesson and the statues and everything else. Well, at this early time in Irish history, these high crosses are actually engraved with different scenes, the life of Christ on one side of the cross and other things on the other side. So there were like four or five of these. There was actually a Viking burial in the cemetery, but it was still an active cemetery, so there were modern people that had been buried in here as well. And again, the weather was just stunning. There was also a small church, a ruin, and a large tower. And they used to say that the towers were, you know, you could store material up above, so if you got attacked, you could then climb up a ladder eight feet and get into this position. And supposedly, these were built for Viking protection. The trouble is, the accounts of when these were constructed are all 100, 100 years or so after Viking invasion. So there had to be another reason for that being constructed. So we had a wonderful group. We had an excellent guide. We had great weather. We couldn't have asked for anything more. So we go back into Dublin that night. Cher is really tired, so she's just going to stay in the hotel and have have dinner. I'm going with Peter and one of his colleagues to one of their little pubs where they're going to have music. And so we went there, had a couple of Guinnesses, listened to the music. And then on the way back, he took me to a little, it's a, it's a little grocery store. And when they built it and remodeled it, they found medieval ruins underneath it. And so what the store is, they put glass enclosures over the top of it so you can still shop and then see the old buildings in different parts of the store, which was really fun. And then he walked me by the post office and showed me the bullet holes that are still left from the 
time in 1916 that you have the Irish Rebellion, which that one failed. And so he was giving me more history of, of Ireland's independence. And then he went back to his apartment and I went back to the hotel and we're getting ready for our next journey because the third day we're in Dublin, we will be going up to the Giants Causeways. So as always, hope you enjoyed this. Don't forget to come by the website, summahistorica.com or historyaccordingtobob.com. Thank you very much.